Ruth chapter 1, verses 6 through 18. Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. On three. One, two, three, go. Amen, amen, amen. Um, the title of our message today is, You Can't Run Him Off. You can't run him off. Look at somebody next to you and say, neighbor, I don't care how crazy you are. I don't care what you do. One thing for sure you got to know. Nothing, and I mean nothing, you can do can run, can run Jesus, Jesus off. Let's go before the Lord. Let's go before the Lord. Let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you um, that we can't shoo you. Oh, Lord. Um, your commitment is weird. It is weird. But that weirdness is the greatest embrace that we could ever experience in our life. So, Lord God, remind us today or teach someone for the first time that you can't be ran off. Let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our strength, our redeemer, in whom we trust. Help us to be hearers and doers of what you say. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that? Say it. Amen, 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 amen. Um, some kids were in a park, and they were having a great, 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 great time. And they noticed a group of pigeons together, just like, I mean, like a flock of pigeons was literally there, and they were now eating popcorn seeds and everything, and they, they were doing their thing. Um, and so the kids 
wanted to have some fun. So they ran at the, the flock of pigeons, and of course the pigeons uh, f- flew away, and then they would come back, and then they would run after them, and they would, they would, they would fly away, and, and, and they enjoyed themselves, and they just laughed and thought it was so jovial that they could, they could, they could do this, the most subtle move. Some of the kids would go like that, and the, and the, and the, and the pigeons would flap their wings a little bit, and, and then they would run into them, and then they would go again. But then there was a different type of bird out there. It was one of those goose. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Fairmont Park, but you know th- those are Philly <laughs> geese. And the kids, kids like, all right, we're going to run up on them. So they ran up on them, and the goose went like this. And kept eating. In other words, the goose was like, you come close to me if you want to. You understand what I'm saying? But they kept trying to get the goose to move, and the goose wouldn't move at all. And listen, there's some people and some things in your life that you can easily run off. That you can run and stomp it off really, really quickly. But God is like that goose. God is that goose in your life that when you run up on him and try to push him away, he just puts his head up and just looks at you like... You're crazy because he's absolutely, unadulteratedly going nowhere because he's ferociously and helplessly, unbelievably, unadulteratedly committed to being with you as messed up as you've been, as messed up as you were, as messed up as you are. So many things that you've done. Matter of fact, some of you have tried to do some things believe that God would give up on you. But I'm so glad today, I I guess I'm by myself, that there's a God in heaven that will never allow anything to come between us and him. And that's not a license to act a fool. That's a license of freedom. That's a license of the greatest freedom that we could ever, that could ever exist in our life is that God is uh, committed to us in our life. And so we come to a passage that I think is uh, it, 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 it is a funny passage in so many ways. It's, it has comedy in it. It has, wow, it, it, it kind of has disappointment in it. It has satire. It has all different types of things in it. And we've seen uh, in last week's message that Naomi um, has lost her husband and she's lost her two sons, and she's left with her two daughter-in-laws. After having had gone through a famine in her own land, they traveled to her land, and she's lost um, uh, uh, what she would believe are points of redemption. And so now she's come to an interesting crossroads, which brings me to my first and only point in our time as we talk about you can't run God off. Number one and one and only point, you must recognize this. God doesn't give up on you even when you give up on him. God doesn't give up on you, even though you've given up on him. Somebody should have said amen real loud right there. I, I, I like this right here. I'm by myself. The first service ain't giving me no amens. I'm used to it by now. So it's verse 6 of chapter 1. It says, she and her daughters set out to return from the territory of Moab because she heard in Moab, that the Lord had paid attention. Somebody say paid attention. attention. Some translations translate this visit. I like this because in the midst of Naomi's pain, God does something interesting. The Bible says that, of course, God had visited his people. How did he visit his people? Um, he, He paid attention to his people, a peace people's need by providing food for them. In other words, 
Um, it, it's interesting to me that all the way in Moab, she's able to hear that all the way in Bethlehem that God had made a visitation. Now, 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 now that's interesting to me. And, and for so many reasons, that's interesting. Because you got to understand, they didn't have like hashtags and selfies and, uh, uh, you know, cell phones and internet back then. So th therefore, there had to be travel that was made. They didn't have a mail system back then. So in order for her to get that word, it had to be divinely assigned to get to her. In, in, other, in other words, the, it happened in Bethlehem. I'm excited about this. But somehow the word travels all the way around the Dead Sea. I like the way God can cause a word to cross over deadness just to get to you. Uh-oh, help me today. Um, ain't nobody going to talk about it. It's okay. I'm, I'm excited about it because I've needed words from him in my darkness. And it says he's paid attention to his people. But really, it's not him just paying attention to his people. He's paying attention to not just people in general, but he's paying attention to you. It's always good when God pays attention. I know the communal application of our coinity and our core value of community, and we value uh, 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 tribalism above Western individualism, but every now and then it's good to know that God hasn't forgotten about you and that God is willing to come see about you. I'm by myself today. I'm so happy about that. Do you know how meticulous it has to be for that word to get to her? I don't know if she heard through a whisper. I don't know if she was, she was cutting the grass and somebody said something. Girl, do you know what happened in Bethlehem? Bethlehem, you, uh, you know, we, we, they, they, the, God, God done showed up like a mug up in Bethlehem. And they got, they got all kinds of uh, uh, resources over there. Whole Foods done open. You understand what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? They, they, they got from farm to table restaurants now. And I mean, all, I mean, God is doing all of that from their agricultural area. Now the price of food has dropped because everything's organic again. So we're getting grass and corn-fed beef. I mean, that thing is killing. And all of a sudden... Naomi was like, man, I'm willing to go back home. But I'm willing to go back home for what the Lord has provided, but not for the Lord himself. Oh, no, nobody going to talk about it right there. Um, it, it's interesting. It's interesting. Well, when you're dealing with pain, you're willing to receive from the hand of the Lord, but not any longer experience the heart of the Lord. Be very, very, be, be very, very careful that you get in a painful situation and you get entitled because, you know, some of us, because we don't think we should go or experience anything, when we, something happens to us, we'll say, God, I ain't really feeling you, but give me some stuff in the place of that. That's why stuff theology is dangerous because, because stuff doesn't necessarily mean the hand of God. It doesn't necessarily mean the heart of God. So you got to be very, very careful. And so it says the Lord paid attention to his people by providing food for them. And this is exciting news. And so she began striking back. So it says in verse 7, it says she left the place where she had been living, accompanied by her two daughter-in-laws. Let me explain something to you. This is dangerous. This is hundreds of miles of terrain that they have to go around in order to get from Moab over to Bethlehem. Now, that's three women traveling. That shows you the desperation of their times. Because back then, they didn't have like 911, any of that. So usually, you had to be self-strapped, if you will, to be able to take care of your business. And usually, you'd have a battalion of dudes that, that's about that life with you to be able to deal with somebody they're acting like they're about their life, but not really about that life. So you can show them that if you come at me, I'm about that life. But these three women... 
these three women together are traveling, are, are, are traveling the road. So they start walking on the road. So you got to imagine, they, they, they packed them. They didn't have U-Haul. They didn't have Ryder. They didn't have none of that. They didn't have storage facilities. They had to carry their stuff and pull their stuff. So they're traveling. The three of them are traveling together. And <clears throat> at some point on the journey, <clears throat> Naomi decides to engage them in conversation. And she says, and as they traveled along the road, it says, leading back to Judah, it says, Naomi said to them, each of you go back to your mama's house. Now, why in the world would she emphasize that? Because what is she saying? She's saying to them, I, I, I want y'all to really go home because, to be honest, I'm not in the best place to mother you. Matter of fact, I, I'm not in the best place to provide the nurturing care under grief that you're experiencing because I'm grieving myself. See, you listen, whenever you're grieving something without the Lord, it's impossible to be an encouragement. And, and, and so what, what, you know what I like about this entire passage about Naomi? She has a ton of self-awareness. She has a ton of self-awareness. We're going to talk about self-awareness in our society and in the church today in a second. But, but, but right here as she goes, she says, go to your mother's home. In other words, mama, go home so, so, so that she can negotiate if you want to get married again. She can help with the negotiations of properly getting things in place so that you can get married again. <laughs> then she does this. She does something interesting. She said, may the Lord show kindness. In other words, or chesed, or may God show his loyalty towards you, the word means. It's his chesed. It's his covenant loyalty. <laughs> she invokes God's name. In other words, she's praying for others but not herself. In, in other words, <laughs> in this passage, she believes that God is able to do for other people but not able to do for her. You ever, you ever had faith that you could have for somebody else but not for your own life? And, and you, have you ever been in a place in your life where you was able to give people advice about the Lord and not be in the place to be able to receive what you're trying to tell them to receive. Because <laughs> she, because at this point, she, she said, I believe God can be loyal to you. And then he says, <clears throat> to you and as you have shown uh, to the dead and to me. So she's basically saying, hey, I, I, I want, I want, I'm praying that God will show y'all the same kind of love that y'all showed me. I'm praying that he shows you. And then she goes further down and she says it again. She says, may the Lord grant each of you rest. Somebody say rest. Now, she prays for them twice. So this is prayer here or, 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 or a pronouncement of blessing or wish in the context of prayer. She said, may he grant you rest. Rest here doesn't mean, um, is, isn't the word for Sabbath. It's another word that means, um, it doesn't mean to relax. It means to be free from worry. When you're dealing with hurt, you give people advice out of your hurt. It's real quiet in here. I'm real careful of hearing from people in my life who speak out of their bad experience, not out of redemptive experiences. Okay. Anyway, so, so she said, I, I believe God can give you rest. I believe God can give you rest. And, and, then, and then on the road, they stopped on the road. And they said, and she kissed them, and then they wept loudly. And this idea wept loudly here in the passage means um, to, it's like grieving a death. 
This idea is like the way they would grieve at a funeral. You, it, 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 it's crazy. You got to understand the grieving period was a week to a month in Jewish culture. And so um, they began to weep loudly as if a death had taken place in what she's asking her in this particular situation. And then it says next in verse 10, it says, they said to her, we insist on returning with you to your people. But it says, but Naomi replied, return home now. She said, my daughters, why do you want to be, why do you want to go with me? And then, then she goes into detail of why they shouldn't want to go with her. This, this is interesting. And see, this is what pain does. Am I able, she stands there, she puts her, she puts her bag down. Now she's about to get sister girl talk on, okay? So she said, am I able to have sons who could become your husbands? I mean, you see how old I am? You understand what I'm saying? I mean, she's beginning to jam them up about the fact that she doesn't believe that this season of her life has value. Uh, and, be, and because she don't believe this season of life has value for her, she's she been like, who, she's basically saying, who would want me? I know some people in here feel like that now. Help me today. Help me today. Help me today. Help me today. In other words, what, what, what can I do? And she said, why would you even want to be connected with me? Look at what she says next. She said, return home. This is the second time she says it. Return home, my daughters. Go. This is the fourth time. She says, for I'm too old. There it is. Now, you got to understand, she wasn't too old. She was only about in her 40s because she's probably a teenager when she got married in the first place. So she's probably maybe in her 40s. The young ladies were still of what you would call marriage age, if you will, and conceiving age. So she probably hasn't even gone through menopause, but she's already menopaused herself. She's already put herself through menopause. I'm too old. In other words, pain is very challenging because what, what pain does when it's, when it's your greatest voice and you're not honest with your pain, <clears throat> when you're not honest with your pain, everything, the pain is your grid. And so then you relate your pain to the Lord and your relationship with him. Because you see in this past, she's already written off that God could do anything. And so she said, I'm too old to have children, even though she know about Abraham and Seth. I mean, it's people before her that this has happened to. But she said, I'm too old to have another husband. In other words, she may say, I don't want to even revisit getting married again because I don't even want to deal with what it would take to get to know somebody, attach your heart to them, and then the Lord takes them away. In other words, I don't want to have a new experience with the Lord anymore because if I put my trust in him and enjoy something again, maybe, just maybe, he'll take it away and then I'll be double pained versus having, see, what happens is pain, you allow your pain to be a pause and a period in your life. It's only a comma. But if you allow your pain to be a period, you'll get in a lot of trouble because you'll review everything in your life out of that pain. Some of us have dealt with molestation. And that's our point of pain. Some of us have dealt with bad parenting. That's our point of pain. What am I saying? I'm not saying that your pain isn't valid. There's a difference between your pain being valid and you embracing your pain as the description of your life and your value. She said, even, she said, now let's, I'll go hypothetical with y'all since y'all look like y'all still got hope. She says, even if I thought there was still hope for me, wow. 
She just told them there's no hope for me. Is anybody under the sound of my voice? Don't, don't raise your hand. Do you feel like there's no hope for you? It, 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 I, I, I am not that ignorant to believe that there are people in here that silently come to church but are hopeless that God will restore or redeem anything in their life. In other words, <laughs> hope means I don't anticipate anything from the Lord. In this particular, do I expect him to put clothes on me? Yeah, he'll do that. Do I expect him to give me food? Yeah, he'll do that. Do I expect him to give me a roof over my head? Yeah, he'll do that. But then the stuff <clears throat> that's beyond just basic biological needs, he won't do. <clears throat> and so in this passage, he said, he said, even if I thought there was still hope for me to have a husband tonight, she, she said, I would, listen, I would love to have me a husband tonight. Lord have mercy. I would love to have me a husband tonight. But she said, let's just say, for, for, for the sake of argument, that God gave me a husband tonight, and then I had some sons. Are you willing to wait like 15, 16, 17 years for them to be able to get old enough so that then I can set you up to get married to them? I mean, really? And really, what she's also saying is, and in raising them, they won't even have the betrothal money for me to be paid for you getting married to them because they in my house and I'm a widow and you know I'm broke. And so, so in, other, in other words, she's seeing everything through the eyes of herself. Help me today. And you have to be, you, you have to, you have to be careful because she let her limits be her limits. Instead of placing her personal and natural limitations on the Lord. Let me explain something to you. <coughs> Everything in your life is limited. Everything in your life is a limitation. God is the one who always upgrades limitations. Like he specializes. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me explain something to you. See, when, when you go through pain, you park there. And what you begin to do is you make pain your theology. So when you look at God, you don't see limitlessness. You see limited because of your experience in that one scenario. And then what you do is you utilize that as your systematic theology of prolegomena or theology proper of who God is. I know that God is omniscient. He knows everything. I know that God is omnipresent and omnipotent, and I know he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, but there is a bubble over me that doesn't extend me to experience the essence of God in that way anymore. And so, and so as we look at this condition that she's in, she goes further. She, listen to how straight up Naomi is. I, I really... Really commend her on, I, I, to be honest, I commend her in having self-awareness. I'm explaining that in a second. She says, would you be willing to wait for them to grow up? She said, would you restrain yourselves from marrying? I like the way she used the word restrain. She said, some dudes going to come after y'all. Restraint means that they have an opportunity. It doesn't mean like they just out there. It means they were harder addable. You understand what I'm saying? Hot or edible. That's a word. It's in the dictionary. I'm telling you. It's not in, wet, uh, uh, you know, it's in the other one. All right. It says, no. She says, no, my daughters. Listen to what she says. My life is much too bitter for you to share. <clears throat> oh, my God. 
um, basically she said her life, the word bitter here means broken taste. Bad taste. In other words, when, when you're bitter, the Bible says the root of bitterness, when it sprouts up, it defiles everything. So, so what happens is, is bitterness comes from mainly two sources. It comes from two sources. It comes from anger and it comes from unforgiveness. When, when, when you're angry about something for a long time, it ferments into bitterness. Okay. Uh, um, um, in other words, if something happened to you and you have the right to be angry, and when it becomes unrighteous anger and you don't let go of it, you become a bitter person. Know how you know you're bitter about it is because you keep bringing it up. In other words, whatever you haven't put a rest, whatever pain that you keep bringing up in its fresh format, see, when your pain is not a testimony, but it's a mestimony, help me today. See, see when it's, it's nothing wrong with going through pain, but it has to be, it ha, if it doesn't transition into a testimony, but it's still a mestimony, then what will begin to happen is it will ferment in your soul and everything in your life is seen through the fermentation of the brokenness of that particular thing that you went through. So if you went through a bad relationship, well, I don't trust women. It got real quiet on that part. I don't trust men. <clears throat> Hold on, where, why? Like, everybody? See, that's how you know somebody bitter, when they just cloud everything. I don't build relationships well with other women. Where did, that's, that's called bitterness. Because you haven't met every woman in the world to be able to know whether or not you could. I don't do blah, blah, blah. When, when, when you got, see, it sounds like you on top of something. Like you, like you saw all that when you say, man, you know, I don't, I don't really fool with, uh, you understand, I don't, I don't really do that. You understand, that's, that's not my thing. When you say that, that's bitterness. Because basically, you're saying, I will no longer allow myself to experience anything that reminds me of the pain of what I went through. So what I'm going to act like is I'm going to put some swag on my bitterness. So when you say, I, won't, I don't do that, that's, that's, you're trying to put some swag on it like you got some principles. What if God, like, what if Jesus Christ is like, I don't do humans. Like, <laughs> fool with y'all like that. Y'all be cussing me out. I know what's in your heart. Like, what if he just said he was just done with us? Right? Wow. We would all not be experiencing anything great. But she said, I, I, she said, she said, my life's too bitter. Far too bitter for you to share. Know what I like is she's self-aware that she's bitter, though. Know why? Because most bitter people I know don't know they're bitter. <laughs> okay. See, see, people that are bitter usually try to <coughs> create, <clears throat> that's what the root of bitterness does. It creates something that deflects that they're dealing with pain. <clears throat> so, 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 what, so, so what bitter people do that don't know that they're bitter is they begin to create all types of environments and formats that make you be deflected from the bit. And, and, and what, what's crazy about it is this phoniness. When you begin to <clears throat> never admit, when you, when you can't admit your pain, I, I, you know, I, I just take it to the Lord in prayer. 
Do you? I serve a big God. How you doing today? I'm blessed and highly favored. What's going on? A lot going on, but I can't complain because nobody will listen. Where is that in the Bible? Because I heard a psalmist say, I'll make my complaint to the Lord. Anyway, see, 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 when you're bitter, you try to create hyper-spiritual formats. As a, see, as a believer, see, so that you won't have to deal with it. And so what you do is you avoid relationships. That's why she's pushing them away. Because I, she said, my life is too bitter for you to share. So I don't want you around me. Because if God blesses you near me, I'm going to be a hater. out of care. This is out of, I, I can't be bothered. I ain't trying to be another, another bridesmaid. You know how many dresses in my closet I got to remind me of the 10 weddings I went through? Do you know how many bouquets I got in my closet saying I was going to get married? Catching a bouquet in the gardener is not prophetic till you get married. Help me today. It's a good tradition. But it only is a cause of more bitterness in your life. <laughs> and so she, she's like, she's like, she's like, my life, listen, she said, listen, I want to, you know what I want to do? I don't, I don't want to share my life with anybody. I want to get in my house. Matter of fact, I want to go shopping. I want to give me a lot of good food. Come in my house. I'm going to put Netflix on. Close the windows. I'm going to go to work, come home. I'm not going to deal with anybody. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to sit on the back row, and I'm going to leave afterwards. I'm not going to go to life groups. I'm not going to go to Bible study. I'm not going to get anywhere where I can be known because my bitterness. See, see, many of us need to learn. See, know why I like her, though? Because she says I'm bitter. Oh, my God. I, I love that. Know why? Because God can work with that. See, see, being self-aware of your bitterness is helpful. Because listen, 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 listen. When, when you're mad at somebody and you're always bringing your anger up about them to somebody and they're like, why are you always talking about them? Instead of just saying, I hate that they chose them and didn't choose me. You need to be able to get before God. Say, God, I'm going to just be straight up with you. See, God said, pour out your heart before me. He said, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. You need to be like, God, I'm going to be honest with you. I love you, but I'm mad at you. I'm really, I'm really frustrated that people keep passing me by. Opportunities pass me by. Financial, it seems like I'm the only, everybody's passing me, getting their degrees, and their lives are moving on, and they're being able to do so many different things. But I'm in the same place that I was five years ago. God, what's going on with my life? I know you're big and all of that. I ain't trying to be disrespectful, but God, I'm hurting because it looks like you've forgotten about me. Now that's, that's, that, that, it, 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 that's why Christ gave us access to the throne of grace. That's why it's, it's, that's like all caps. It's throne of grace where you find mercy. Help me today. Help me today. So, so, so God's throne can handle your frustration. Because that's why it's called a relationship. See, everybody use the popular, I'm in a religion, not a, I'm not in a religion, I'm in a relationship. We use it. 
Use it. Use your don't 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 like get out there. I'm not nobody's religion. Oh, I'm not in a religion. I'm in a relationship. Well, use your relationship. Go talk to your God about how painful it is that you're going through, how hurtful it is, how frustrated it is, and He will meet you in it. I promise you. And he loves to like, he loves. I like, I like, I like the old song by, by uh, this group, Witness. They say, he loves to, he said, commune with you every day. Why don't you take the time and get on your knees and pray? He said, don't, don't you know he loves to meet you in the secret place? Let me tell you something. <clears throat> Going to get with God is not just when you feel good about going there. You go even when you don't feel like going there. There's some times where getting in my secret closet was like climbing Mount Everest. Do you know how much disappointment I face on a regular? Ain't nobody going. See, I can't. See, I need. And I have to still. But, 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 but know what happens when I don't face him? I don't like the person I become. I don't, I don't, I don't like how I process through stuff by myself. I'm being too real today. I, I, I don't, I don't like how I talk to people about stuff. And you know what? I can feel when I'm becoming toxic. Ah. I, I can feel it. Because I, I walk away from conversations with a friend and I feel like I've just brought death to the conversation. And that's how I know. I said, you know what? I need to go talk with God because I've been talking to too many humans about stuff they can't change. Anyway. <laughs> Listen to what she says after this. She says, the reason why you don't want to be around me is because the Lord's hand is against me. Wow. Wow. In other words, she's saying God is treating me like an unbeliever. That's what she's saying. He, his hand is against me. So she said this whole thing. It's funny how, you know, when stuff go bad, it's, it's God's fault. But when stuff going good, it's, it's, it's we've been on our grind. <laughs> uh, 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 um, um, but, but, but it's interesting, um, a guy went to the doctor. <laughs> he said, doctor, he said, what you, what, what's going on? He said, I'm hurting everywhere. He said, I, I, mean, I mean, everywhere in my body I'm hurting. He said, okay. He said, touch, touch different place. touch your head. Ow! <laughs> he said, touch your shoulder. He said, ow! He said, touch your feet. Ow! He said, touch your stomach. Ow! He says, you're hurting everywhere. He grabbed his hand and touched his finger. He said, ow! He said, dummy, you're not hurting everywhere. It's just your finger that hurts. <laughs> See, when you go through pain, you make one little thing everything. But look at, look, at, look at what happens in the passage. Look at what happens. 
Look what happens in verse 14. Said again, they wept loudly. And Oprah kissed her and chucked the deuces. Okay? Oprah, like, all right, you going, I mean, now you can't, see, this is how some of us are. We don't want people to leave sometimes, but we tell them to leave, and then when they leave, they're like, you weren't supposed to, you're supposed to act like you wanted to be really here. No, don't go, don't go, don't go. Right? <laughs> but that's not here. She really wanted Orpah to go. She kissed the chuck to the deuces. Then it says, but Ruth clung to her. Ah. The word here means to stick. In other words, th this idea of, it, it, it points to the word that's used of a husband clinging to his wife when he leaves his household. And he abandons his parents to engage his wife in matrimony. And what happens is interesting afterwards because she clung to her. And as you look at this, it really wasn't Ruth clinging to Naomi. It was God. It was God showing off the glory of his sovereignty in Christ. That the only way someone can be loyal to me is if God is showing his loyalty through them to me. And Jesus Christ, listen, is showing. Jesus Christ clung to the cross. Okay. Jesus Christ didn't let the pain of his cross get in the way of his commitment to us. Now, what if, what if Jesus let his pain just get to him on the cross? As soon as they put one nail in, it's like, oh, nah. Everybody disappear, just slowly die. Hand, just, he just do like this, do hand come off. He say, ah, and the dude's eyeball come out. And then he do like this, and the dude's legs come off. He hit the ground. I mean, he could have, he could have, he could have like literally said, yo, and a legion of angels come down and just start slashing cats, smoking cats, right? But guess what he does? Father, forgive them. Now, let me say y'all something. That wasn't just for us. Jesus was going through sanctification. How do I know? Because Hebrews says he was perfected through the things that he suffered. <laughs> That's, that, that points to Jesus being the greatest example is he let his pain perfect him, not put him in ruin. Be careful of letting your pain not perfect you. And Jesus was able to say, I'm not going to let this ruin what God wants to do in my life. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, for God, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. In other words, I'm going to ask for forgiveness for them. In other words, and I'm going to forgive them even though they're doing something to me that I didn't even do. How many of us want to fight for ourselves when something happened to us? But Christ Jesus ultimately on the cross put his confidence mainly in God and clung to the cross for our good. God in Jesus Christ is clinging to you daily because of his commitment to you and his love for you. Listen to what Ruth's saying. This is God speaking to, to, uh, through her. She said, listen, I'm going to just say this one last time. She says, don't plead with me to abandon you. Or return and not follow you. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. Wherever you live, I'm going to live. Your people going to be my people. Your God going to be my God. Where you die, I die. And I'll be buried in the same place. And may, let me just put something really high on top of this. May the Lord punish me severely if I dip. 
And look, look, look at what she says. She says, when Naomi saw <laughs> that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped talking to her. Ain't that something? She didn't even say, okay, come on. She just kept walking and just picked up her thing and just pulled her carry-on bag and just kept going. So she's not going to leave. See, that's what you might as well do. You might as well stop trying to push God away. He's so determined. He's so committed to you. He's so ferociously and unbelievably in love with you that you might as well stop talking to him about it. You must stop wilding out about it. You might as well stop being bitter about it and say, God, I'm so thankful that you're committed to me. God, I'm so thankful that you love me. God, I'm so thankful that your, endure, your love endures to the end. I'm so glad that perfect love casts out all fear in our life. He, he is un, I'm relentlessly in love with you. He'll never give up on you. And he'll, when he said he'll never leave you nor forsake you, it wasn't just him bumping his gums. It was, he like showed it. Like, and what's, what's beautiful is he is committed to you even though you don't have it right. In my prayer today, there's, there's some of you here today that you are dealing with great pain. And God is saying to you, I'm, matter of fact, I'm not going to leave you, but I'm, I'm going to remain there and I'm going to ride with you in such a way that I'm going to grow you through your pain. Let's pray. Father, maybe you, someone is here today and you've never placed your confidence in Jesus. And... Jesus experienced the greatest amount of pain, no matter what pain you've experienced, no matter how many challenges you've experienced. Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, makes himself available to you to take you from spiritual death to spiritual life. How does he do it? By faith in what he's done on the cross, dying and getting up on the third day. If there's anyone here that wants to put their confidence in Jesus.